Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast where you have your esteemed friends try to convince you to do something that you've never really done before, and yeah, if you know me, you know I'm kind of dyed in the wool on certain things. But enough nagging and needling finally made him break. I've been married and divorced twice. I play that game all the time. I know that. We here on Gaming on the Frontier podcast condone marriage as a, as a safe institution in all shapes and forms. Good evening, all. Tonight, I am going to have my dear esteemed friends, Messrs. Sheffer and Thomas, convince me to start 5e D&D via Evil Genius Games Everyday Heroes. Okay, so uh, anyways, so that's basically, you know, how creating a character you know, yeah, we've given you two examples now, you know, um, from basically the opposite sides of the spectrum, strong on one side and charismatic on the other. Um, I did like the fact that they used wise hero instead of dedicated hero, yes. as they did in D20 Modern, because yeah. I always felt that that was kind of odd, you know, that, that you know, dedicated was what charisma was, you know, was the basis for. Oh, no, sorry, wisdom was the basis yeah. for and I was like, charismatic uh, was for charisma. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah likewise. Right. I mean, yeah. wisdom was dedicated. And I was yeah, because like, I, I can see where they were going toward like the priesthood or or, or a doctor, like that. somebody doctor. who is who has taken on a calling, either the Hippocratic oath or right. you know, the right. vows of a but, man of the cloth. Yeah, yeah, but it just it just went it, it, to me as like you know you you had this very clear. You're obviously basing each one of these on an attribute. Why couldn't you have called it something that basically said the attribute? So, wise hero, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. I think that's a big improvement. And they right? also did agile instead of fast hero. That is what they did for D20 Modern. They called it a fast right. hero. Right. Now, the uh, you know it, it should be noted uh, for those, of course, who are you know really interested, you know, uh, in really interested in, you know, how to avoid damage, okay, is that the only, outside of the, um, uh, outside of the... The what? The ability not to be hit by yeah. using your, rolling against your defense and things like that, okay, uh, it, the tough, the tough hero is the only one that actually seems to have damage reduction. And, frankly, I don't think it's very much. It's like two points. And, you know, I, I don't know about, I mean, that would... As you, as you get to a higher level, then, you know, that's, it, it, it adds up. Pennies make dollars, you know, yeah. that slow, every, every attack, you just take two points, two points, two points, two points. You know, it could, it could turn out to keeping you alive considerably longer. Okay. But, oh, the level two talent tough as nails. Yeah, you gain damage reduction against all damage types equal to your proficiency bonus. Got it. Okay. Right. But the... Uh, but the but what I thought was probably more interesting was there was this one first aid aspect on one of the classes that by using it you basically allowed 
uh, a character to take their second wind. Second wind is back, folks. It was in fourth edition. Disappeared in fifth edition. It's back again in, in, in the everyday heroes, where essentially under certain circumstances, you, your, your action can be to basically do nothing except regain all uh, half of the um, half of the dice that you're allowed to get you know as part of fifth edition where you basically can heal yourself based upon your level and yeah which is a huge thing you know uh, I, I I didn't read because uh, you know, I was going kind of fast re- doing this uh, I didn't read all the things about doctoring and stuff like that but to me to be able to do that is a really big thing uh, because it, it's just, it is literally, you know, you're you had somebody on the ropes, and suddenly they're like, "Fine, <laughs> okay, I'm yeah." Gonna, I, I'm, I'm looking gonna have at my hit points. Yeah, again. I'm looking at second wind here on page two twenty four. The second wind action allows a character to refocus themselves in combat. When taking this action, you can spend up to half your maximum number of hit dice, adding a con mod to each die, and regaining hit points equal to the total. The character must decide how many dice they want to roll before rolling. When a hero uses the second win action, they can't do so again until finishing a short or long rest. NPCs and companions normally can't take this action. Yeah. Okay. But under certain circumstances, that can be triggered, you know, as like a bonus action or something else. Yeah. 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 So, so this is this is really because this is really nice to have. Um, and and does it say that every hero can do that? Uh, it says second allows a character. So I'm assuming any. Okay. I did, Right. I did see um, one of the, I think the hunter class from the Wise Hero Archetype, you can command your animal companion to take the second wind action, Ooh. so yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, so they, they, they're they they're still playing coy with the whole idea of, of you know, what, uh, of, of, is it fantasy or is it, is it um, you know, modern, you know, uh, action fantasy, you know what I'm saying, versus fantasy fantasy, but anyways, uh, or science fantasy. But because you know, ultimately, what you know, what they're trying to do here is is to you know keep things moving as quickly as possible, you know, and and just, and in many ways, I think what they've done is they have simplified a lot of things. Though, you know, a couple other things they they they've not simplified. Okay, but I'm glad to see, I, I uh, since they do have healing dice, I'm glad that they've got second wind because that because that allows you to, to do that uh, before. In fourth edition, they didn't really have healing dice. You just got to heal half of your hit points back with a with a with a uh, second wind action. So that was uh, now he's saying you have to suspend it versus how many points you're going to want to do. You can use those healing dice, by the way, uh, anytime you have a short rest, which is like about an hour rest, and that's also standard fifth edition. Okay, uh, be able to do that. So you know you you. It's not so so helpful at, at first level, but when you get to like third or fourth level, and, you, and you're like somebody who has a D10 as, as their hit points, uh, and like maybe a plus three or four Constitution modifier, that can mean some serious amount of healing. So, especially in a game that may or may not have real doc. I mean, healing like the kind of magical healing you get in a fantasy game. Yeah, in a fantasy game, it's not so important. Because you know you've got lots of that going on, but um, I know that in our fifth edition D and D game that healing is something that is done. You know, more often than not, when I was playing a cleric and I was playing a cleric of healing, I basically said, "Just use your hit dice, dude. I'm not going to heal you. 
I got better things to do with my spell levels. <laughs> and, you know, and, and so you spend a lot of your time, you know, uh, basically doing healing, you know, little, what's called healing word, which basically gets people back up who've gotten knocked down. Yeah. You know, and uh, which I also, in a way, didn't like because, uh, because all the monsters, you know, at that point are doing so much damage that the next time they get hit, they're going down again. So I basically, they were like, I'm down five hit points. Would you heal me, please? I said, when you're laying on the ground, unconscious, I'll heal you. Until then, suck it up. Yeah. Oh, you big baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you big baby. Come on. You know, you're only brute. Quit complaining about your hangnail and get back in the fight. Yeah. You're only bruised. Yeah. <laughs> just rub some dirt on it. Get back out there. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, but just... You want mommy to come over and kiss it and make it better? Depending upon the character of my answer was yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, unfortunately, uh, the only, uh, the, 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 the main character we have who does healing, uh, we, we, we have one guy who does, who's the paladin, does lay on hands, and then we got the bard who does all the healing word. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, she's married to the paladin, so you, uh. you just can't, you, you lose all that, we'll come over here and kiss it and make it better then. Because, you know. Because then you have a holy crusade after you. Yeah, yeah all, of, all of a sudden someone's like saying, uh, uh, I'm sorry, did I, is, is a smite needed over here? Yeah. I'm going to have my noble steed kick you into the afterlife. You look at my wife again like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Anyways, um, all right. So I guess the, uh, so we talked about that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, so, but, so let's talk a little bit about flavor. All right. You know, I, I got to say that uh, out of the box, uh, Everyday Heroes doesn't come across as a fantasy uh, game uh, basis. Okay. Even though yeah. I do like the fact that by using, I highly like the fact that using defense rather than armor value means that you can have characters who don't have to be armored up like you know, like little turtles in yeah. order to affect you know, and, 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 and have to have a rogue background. Okay. <laughs> to have an effective ability to avoid being hit. Okay. But I'm, I'm just saying is that there's not a whole lot of elements in here that basically say magic, you know, God powers, things like that. It's, it seems to be a lot more along the lines of if I was doing like Peng Dragon or I was doing, you know, uh, uh, seven seas, or I was doing, um, uh, was, was there a game called Flashing Swords? I think so, yeah. Something about, yeah, 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 yeah. Games that basically took place, you know, uh, in a medieval setting, okay, but they didn't include all of the high fantasy elements. And really, you know, if you look at War of the Rings, okay, outside of the obviously big glowing eyeball in the tower, okay, and occasionally... You know, a wizard who would, you know, do something, okay, you know, like, you know, call call storms and stuff like that. Almost all of the things that happened in that high fantasy story were just people with their normal abilities. Yeah. Okay? You know, if you, you, if you ignore the dragon, but, you know, and the big giant rock, you know, giant troll, rock giants uh, in the mountain. Okay? Yeah. It, you know, you had basically orcs fighting other people using normal weapons in you know the in the tougher orcs which are the urukai and you had some 
some giants that were like the trolls. Uh, but I'm just saying is that they weren't using any like special abilities, really. You know, they were either they, you know, they knew how to pick locks. They knew how to fight. They knew how to fire arrows. You know, uh, they, it was a, you know, I'm just saying Lord of the Rings, you know, outside of these couple of small elements are really not what I would call high fantasy. So before anybody goes and says, well, you, you know, you can't play high fantasy with it. Well, the answer is sure you can, except the high fantasy is probably being done more as an environment than it is, you know, unless of course they come out with supplements to say, just like they did for, you know, um, well, what we, they did for D20 Modern, where you had the Acolyte, which had powers, and you had the Mage, you know, who had powers. You know, they, they included it in that yep, game. Yep, the Telepath and the Battle Mine too. Yeah, Urban Arcana. Yeah. That was the name of it, Urban Arcana. Right. So there may be more supplements coming out for this game if it if it's you know the hit that they that they want it to be. Well, this you know, is, I, I do notice that in the back, and we will go to part three, mastering the game with science fiction and supernatural NPCs. They do aliens, they do alien bugs, alien hunters, entity from beyond, alien bug queen. They do various types of robots, mutated humans, and then supernatural NPCs. Demons, vampires, zombies, other forms of undead, lycanthropes, and a mummy lord. So, with this, you can start doing getting into Supernatural. You could feasibly use 5e to run a Bureau 13s campaign. It's just, your people will be the ones with just guns and brains and the occasional bit of tech against opponents that have beyond human level abilities yeah you're not going to have any supernatural pcs starting out no but but don't forget about banes because you know i i i know i'm on a band up on my my soapbox when i talk (laughs) about this but people really who played bureau 13 and other modern day type games really miss out by not taking advantage of the weaknesses that supernatural creatures have against Basically, common items: salt, holy water. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, uh, a little bit of fire scarecrow. Uh, it's just, you know, I mean, it's there's a there's a lot of you know, um, uh, uh, saltpeter, uh, garlic. You know, all these things that are you know, I mean, uh, belladonna. You know, these are things that are commonly found, and a lot of supernatural creatures that are otherwise, you know, over-the-top powerful are very vulnerable to them. And it's really a bad idea for people not to take advantage of knowledge of this kind of thing. Oh, and they also have not only historic and prehistoric NPCs, which you have everything from a ninja, swordmaster. Um, what else did they show here? Ancient hunters, ancient warriors, shamans. What does a shaman do? Uh, let's see. I will go back to the page. Right. And we didn't talk about all the other. Uh, you know, every every one of these uh, these attributes, these these archetypes. Okay, they have all these different. You know, specialized and they're like the scientist. And the uh, and the mastermind and all these other things. These are people that have some uh, really incredible abilities that you know could really be could, could allow you to run a game, even a fantasy game, in ways that you never could with previous versions. 
because they just didn't support him. Ah, actions. Command. The shaman makes an attack, then up to two allies who can see it here. The shaman can spend their reaction to make an attack. Yeah. Okay. Kind of get people riled up to fight on his behalf. Usually the barbarian warriors that they have here, you know, ancient warriors. Yeah. This sounds like pack tactics. Kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it doesn't, I, I don't, yeah. I don't see it smacking of anything magical. Right. So, right. Well, you know, when, when you give people the ability to take actions when they otherwise couldn't take actions, it's pretty magical. Yeah. You know, it may not, it may not actually involve magic, but I'm just saying is, is that, you know, that's, that's the thing that, you know, I mean, when, when some characters effectively do a, a platforming double jump, which I, I've seen, you know, it's not magic, but really it is, you know, <laughs> just depends on how, just, you know, I always say, you got to narrate this because you just, <laughs> this double jump you just did. <laughs> so, like, well, I jumped up and I grabbed this rope and I yanked it really hard and threw my, hurled myself upward another 10 feet. I says, okay, good for you, man. <laughs> or the Jackie Chan running up the walls. Yeah, yeah. That, that to me, every time I see that, that's, is, that is so amazing, you know, how he's able to just jump from one, one, two, all he needs is two, uh, you know, a 90-degree angle, and the guy is up to the top of whatever he's... he's yeah, the one scene in Rush Hour where he jumped over the wall and landed to get into Consul Han's mansion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're, we're like, how are we going to get in there? That's a 20-foot high, uh, high wall. Do, 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 do. It's like amazing. Okay, that sort of thing, I, you know, to me is, you know, in some ways more magical than, than casting a spell. Okay. Like I said, but there are all these other um, uh, special uh, abilities that people have, you know, that we haven't even talked about because that wasn't the characters we were trying to do. All right, so let's let's go in. Um, so I think we've pretty much done our pitch as far as doing fantasy, you know, as to whether you, you could do it, except with the exception currently in the book of being able to be a, a spellcaster. That's yeah. not the only thing that I don't think you can do. Uh, which was also, you know, uh, which puts it a little bit behind D20 Modern because they did include those two, um, you know, the, the uh, arcane and the um, uh, and, and the, the divine, the, ma the mage and the acolyte, yeah, yeah, the mage and the acolyte. So, um, but let's let's talk about other things. You know, when I when I first, you know, when you were first talking about everyday heroes, I was thinking more along the lines of a street level superheroes. But these are, you know, these these are even a step below that. These are truly, you know, exceptional people, with, you know, without having superpowers. Okay? Yeah. Uh, and so I was thinking about what kind of campaigns uh, could be done with characters built like this. Okay. Uh, and outside of the obvious international troubleshooters, right? Yeah, because basically first... mercs for good. Yeah, the A-Team. Yeah. yeah. G.I. Joe, you could pull off because, yeah, just say, yeah, you're all part of the military unit. We travel the world. Oh, we have the heavy gunner. We have the martial artist. We've got the commando. Oh, yeah, we've got a couple G.I. Joe of would yeah. actually work very well with this system. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Now, the one thing that I was, by looking, when I saw the the, the special subclass uh, of of mastermind, I immediately thought of leverage. You could do a hell of a leverage campaign 
oh, with, yeah. this, with this system. Always yeah. one step ahead of your enemies, plotting, scheming, and planning your next master stroke. Your allies benefit from your genius as well. If only you could find someone to truly challenge you. Oh, yeah, basically Holmes. Yeah, mastermind is kind of the detective, the strategist, the... Strategist, yeah, yeah. yeah, the planner. Because, you know, in, in Leverage, you've got the grifter, you've got the second story person, you've got the, the hitter. Burglar. Well, yeah. That was the second story person. You got, yeah. You've got the hacker, you've got the hitter. Um, and the mastermind. And the mastermind, right. I was just saying is that all those... Are basically you you got the strong, I guess the smart, uh, the uh, agile, and the charismatic. So, you know, I'm saying there it would be relatively easy to build those characters uh, inside of the escape system. Mm-hmm. So, if you wanted to play leverage and you did, you know, this is another another good system to use for doing that. Yeah. So uh, another yeah. one that came to my mind was burn notice. Right. Well, it's basically. It's yeah. basically a different version of that, yes? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. So anything that involves a caper, so you, uh, it doesn't include the, the tech for it, but basically cyberpunk is right here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think that probably people wouldn't be happy because they're used to armoring up and making themselves invulnerable. You know. Uh, or see now, neat little cybernetic, you know, like thermal vision eyes and stuff well, like that. Well, those you can but... still use. I mean, that's, that's basically equipment. It's just embedded in your body. Yeah. Okay, so as long as you stay away... I mean, the only real I- issue, I think, is is armor to make yourself invulnerable. Okay, that's that, that's happen, out. Yeah. Okay, in this system. All right, so... But everything else, strength, um, you know, automatic weapons, um, uh, having devices that give you a, a bonus... To skill checks by basically implanting in a a, um, a, a, a basically a memory or a mind you know upgrade that basically gives you skills you could pop in and out. Which I always wanted. I always I always did that with my characters. I was always like, okay, give me like three of those slots, all right, and I'll go and buy like a dozen ships. And then anytime we need, you get into a situation where we need that, I'm just popping it. You know, I'm, I'm popping a, a new thing into a slot. You know, and then all of a sudden now I can, can you know, uh, not be as great as somebody who was designed specifically for that task. But it was a good middle ground area where more than one, you, I could then assist somebody who was trying to do the task and give them a bonus, you see. And I believe you, there, is, uh, um, there is the ability to do a assist check in this game system where you can basically give a bonus to your uh, basically aid another from pathfinder yeah right yeah. right so and that's always important because that increase you know is i i think every game should have that because it increases the cohesion between the group makes them more independent on each other and you know and then you and especially when you have people who who are proficient in some of the same skills. And you're always like, well, he's got a five and I've got a three, so I guess it was pointless for me to even take that skill. You know, and but by allowing that person to assist, you know, if they make a certain role, that way that three becomes now four effective and you know and contributory. And I think that's always a good thing to increase the amount of synergy between characters. So Okay, uh, but like other things, like say, okay, we got the standard, you know, uh, uh, international rescue, you know, uh, of various kinds. Um, 
the uh, uh, you've got uh, emergency medical kind of things. Uh, though that, I think that that would be hard to do in any system because not only are you coming in and aiding the um, uh, the sick and injured, you know, but you're probably also having to track down uh, causes for the calamity. Am I making myself clear? Yeah, you would yeah. have to sit there and do legwork like, okay, what what was the, who was the patient zero here that brought this in, or how did this disaster happen where there was an right. explosion? Yeah. We had an earthquake, okay, and now people are, now people have typhoid. Okay, we've got to find out where the water is contaminated. You know, what, is it, is it literally just, you know, um, uh, you know, a, a pipe broke in, you know, underneath a uh, graveyard, and now you know effluence from dead bodies is leaching into the water supply. Or you know, is it is it something else? Is is there, you know? Uh, I just I'm always reminded of this this one scene where they're like you know the, the 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 whole town is turned into zombies and nobody can figure out why until finally they get to the reservoir and they get. And they look and, and they look into the reservoir and it's filled with zombie bodies. Aha, uh-huh. okay. And, and 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 tanks with you know the bio thing floating around inside of it. And you're, like, and you're like, somebody did this on purpose. These people were made zombies, you know, and then of course now they've got they got a whole different plot line going now, which is to track down the evil dudes who did that and either bring them to justice or bring justice to them. Oh, Bruce, um, we can we go back to, uh, yeah, not with these rules being able to do certain types of adventures, and we named ones like Leverage and Burn Notice at evilgeniusgames.com slash games. Besides the ad for, they have something called the 2023 Season Pass of Adventure with a timeline. You can buy from Evil Genius Games now cinematic adventures based on Escape from New York, the Kurt Russell movie, and The Crow starring Brandon Lee. Coming up in March, Pacific Rim and Kong Skull Island. In May, Highlander and Total Recall. July, Rambo and Universal Soldier. I think we found how we could do more tech and supernatural-based campaigns. Okay. So, yeah, they are going to keep updating with, with new so tech. So, these are, these are add-ons to this particular game system? Yes, they are. And that means Escape from New York and The Crow are available already at drive through This month sometime, we'll be getting Pacific Rim and Kong Skull Island. Ooh, kaiju. Well, not just Kaiju, Mecca. Oh, yeah. Revenants, and later on, Immortals, and Cyberpunk, and Cybernetics in May and July. And then, of course, Rambo, just really big guns. Yeah, it seems that, uh, let's see, Studio Canal did one, two, three, four, five out of eight of these properties. Escape from New York, um, Highlander, Total Recall, Rambo First Blood, Universal Soldier, are all from Studio Canal Studio, and then which you have is, Pacific which is Rim, a Canadian French, um, okay, uh, uh, French company. Okay, Pacific Rim and Kong Skull Island are both from Legendary Pictures and Crow Copyright Crow Vision Incorporated. So Evil Genius Games got properties licensing to do these various properties where you can get supernatural, post-apocalyptic, 
mecha, kaiju, immortals, cybernetics, um, net running, another, what, Total Recall did things like uh, space travel because they went to Mars. And I'll say the line, you know, I'd say the line, but I'm not sure the A word we can say here. Um, you know, get your <clears throat> to Mars, yeah. Um, so yeah, Evil Genius Games has given the the means to go and do various modern day and near and far future games with various uh, other types of game devices such as Mecha, Cybernetics, Supernatural. So they're coming. Escape from New York and Crow are already out. Pacific Rim and Kong Skull Island will be out sometime this month. We are taping this uh, early March 2023. So sometime, excuse me, in the next couple, excuse me, in the next couple weeks, we'll be getting Mecha and Kaiju to be able to do via Everyday Heroes. So yeah, we we there is means to add all of these other effects through Evil Genius Games having gained the licensing of some of these are quite venerable movies. Escape from New York came out back in the 80s. I was a kid when that came out. And meanwhile, you know, Kong Skull Island was a couple years ago. Pacific Rim was a couple years ago. Rambo was out in the air. So, I mean, they're, they dug back for some, you know, very popular movie franchises for you to add to this system, 5e using system. So, that's what I like. I had totally forgotten about that. I go to this, back to the site. I was looking at my personal talk. I was like, oh, crap, they have all these. I forgot. Yeah, because the first two... Crow and Escape from New York are already on DriveThroughRPG.com. You could technically buy these three as a bundle. So there is means to add where you could take from these and do a fringe-worthy base game or a Bureau 13 base game because you can just cherry-pick those certain elements like, oh, we're fighting a Revenant. Fine, we'll dig into the Crow and, okay, this is how we have the Revenant walking around. Or we go through a fringe portal and, oh, yeah, we're on a world that you know, has these 50-foot-tall mechs. Oh, okay, Pacific Rim, just bring that in, and that gives us our mech-building rules. So, yeah. Um, so, in time, the system could be used to be used as a mechanic to possibly play a Bureau 13 or Fringeworthy game. Yeah, I mean, starting out, it's already got what you need to play, again, an all-human, no-supernatural team of, of Bureau agents. This would be a, a perfect game to play Black Powder Bureau 13. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't have any witches or alchemists or things like that for like 10 years or so. They they relied upon, as I said, you know, the uh, uh, chutzpah, uh, silver-edged canes and swords, and um, sticks of dynamite. <laughs> yeah. And a little bit, of, and maybe a little bit of knowledge about Bane's. More as time went on. Yeah, uh, or you, if you want to stick with the modern setting, you can just have it be the Bureau was just recently founded in the 1970s instead of 1800s. Okay, sure. I mean, yeah. any any version of modern um, uh, urban urban fantasy. Yeah, yeah, and so. just, yeah, and then yeah, you just start off with all humans, and then yeah, as you grow, because like like Trav said earlier, there are NPC stats in here for magic cultists magic using cultists and vampires and zombies and yeah. aliens so you can right. start off you know you're the the humans but then yeah as these new uh settings and, and adventure rules come out you can start expanding your repertoire right and one of the things that they made a big effort in this game that i, that I applaud is is that they gave rules for how to create new professions and how to create yeah. new classes 
So you're not limited yeah, yeah. to just the three, you know, uh, the three uh, classes per archetype, and you're not limited to the what, maybe twelve or fifteen uh, professions. You, uh, they will allow you to, you know, they, they have you know rules saying it should be, it should add up to this and this. Oh yeah, backgrounds too, backgrounds and professions. You can right. create new. So ones, they, yeah. they're basically trying to encourage you to, you know, be able to play the character you want to play in a fair way that you know that that equals you know what other people are doing, rather than being a secret sauce that you know only they know and and they create X number of splat books with uh, you know hundred more archetypes. <laughs> or uh, not archetypes, but a hundred more uh, backgrounds, or you know, and and, and twenty more, uh, uh, you know, more, uh, more professions. So it's they're they're encouraging you to not think outside the box that they created when they created these this text in, inside the game. So I, I, I approve of that very much. So so right now the the last thing I wanted to talk about was the fact that I wasn't real happy with the whole way they went with armor. Okay, especially considering it was based on five E, and the what I was expecting when I started reading it. I mean, uh, before I really read into it, you, you know, at first glance, okay, you know, because they kept starting to mention things like, well, no, armor's really not very good. Because of this and that. What I thought they were going to say was, they said, okay, you're wearing armor. Armor does, every armor has an armor value, okay? And uh, Trav, I'm heading toward um, uh, mega damage and that kind of a concept. Yeah. Right? Okay? And so if someone uses a weapon against you while you're wearing armor, that uh, and if it is less than the armor value of the armor, it does nothing, you can stand there all day long, and they can keep whacking you with this thing because your armor is too good. And the reason that's important is because the, the top armor in the game is the SWAT armor, okay, which has an armor value of 4. Right? <laughs> and there is no weapon in the game that has an armor value, uh, has a penetration value of 4. Yeah, the ballistic heavy vest. Yeah, I see here on page uh, 155, yeah. It, it, if, you, it's, if you look under SWAT, it's listed. It's the only place it's listed is there, okay? Uh, but anyways, and they have two different kinds of armor, by the way. They said there's ballistic armor, and then there's what's called stab-proof armor, which, you know, is good against you know, penetration of melee attacks versus being shot with things. So they even made a separation that way. And originally, I was going to say, well, you know, my Batman... Oh, the well stab vest, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my Batman well character is going to have a combination of the two because there's a minus to certain... You, you take a minus when you wear this kind of armor. Not only is it bulky, but it also it affects some of your other stats. So... I'm just saying, it's not like you're not taking a, a, a thing for it. So that was what I thought they were going to go for. They were going to say, well, okay, if you wear certain kinds of armor, then the, you can ignore these kinds of effects. You can wade right into the middle of uh, you know, automatic weapon fire, and it's not going to hurt you because it's just going to be pinging off your armor and stuff like that, You know, much like you know, the Predator and other types of creatures, you know. Uh, you know, and only something that really has a real oomph to it, uh, or is 
if it's been being uh, uh, used by a character like the Brawler, who has a plus one to his penetration value for his attacks as one of his special abilities. So if he had a weapon that did a three, okay, and then he, you know, uh, uh, and he made that crush attack, then he's doing a four on his penetration, and there, and therefore the person would say, okay, I have a choice now. Either I just take the damage, or I make an armor value check to see whether or not the armor takes the va- the damage and gets, gets damage, and I don't. But, you know, uh, they never say that dam- uh, damage, damaged armor is less effective because it, it, in the game it doesn't really do anything. But in the case of where... You know, you took your armor to damage. You might say, "Okay, it takes it's one less now in armor value." You know, making it slightly more dam damageable. Now maybe somebody's going to be able to. You know, I made the hole. Shoot for the hole, and everybody loads into wherever the weak part of the armor is. Now I thought they were going to go that route. They did not. <laughs> and I'm not sure whether I'm happy or unhappy about that um, because. If you do this, then, yeah, you're kind of, you know, um, you are making armor, you know, a kind of a secondary set of hit points. Because unless they can do uh, enough damage, well, unless the weapon they're using is powerful enough to overcome the armor, the armor, basically, it doesn't matter matter how well you roll, you're not going to do any damage to that that character, that, that opponent, okay? Uh, at least also, for that one round. Well, but it also benefits you too, okay? Because you also can armor up like that. So yeah. you know, you might end up with a couple of behemoths just pounding on each other, and nobody's doing any damage. You know, uh, another thing that they could have done, which I didn't see written, is to say if you're wearing armor, then you're immune to critical hits. I think that would have been a very valid direction to have gone with armor, because as it is right now. With the possible exception of the shield, which gives gives you three-quarters cover, or full cover if you crouch down behind it, which basically makes it harder to be hit. It adds to your defense. Okay, uh, a shield's more effective than armor is. I mean, you know, it's considering the minuses that you got, I'm just saying is it seems to me that uh, uh, once you get past first level and you're going to have a lot more hit points, uh, that armor is going to be basically not effective at all, and you're going to want to get rid of it and just run around wearing, as I said, armor that's designed to provide resistances to specific types of damage like fire or acid or poison or any a number of other things. So they didn't go that route. I was surprised they didn't. Uh, I, would lo- I would love to have had our, um, that guest on so I could ask that question. Because, you know, why did you decide not to do this? And, and, and to possibly have them say, you know, we never thought of it that way. Gee, Bruce, you, you should have been on our design team. I, I, <laughs> nobody has I ever think, said that to me. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I think, it's, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a toss towards realism in the sense that, again, you're dealing with a modern age where you're dealing with modern firearms. Armor is effectively useless against firearms. Why do people wear them? Well, I mean, at the moment, yeah. Lifesaver. Yeah, ballistic vests are just made. I mean, you can still die wearing a ballistic vest and getting it, getting shot with a gun. Basically, ballistic vests. You got Kevlar sides, which is just really tough woven cloth, 
and then the armor plates in the chest and abdomen and in the back. Yeah. Yeah, you can still die wearing a bulletproof vest and getting shot with a gun. It yeah, lessens if, the if chances. If you were playing a very realistic game, your answer, that, that would be an absolutely correct game. But, but almost mm -hmm. all games are action yeah. type games. And they, yeah. have, they have, they have um, uh, theatrical violence. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows yeah. that you know, when, when you're going to go into combat, you put on the vest, and you know, it, unless they get a critical hit, uh, uh, your armor is going to absorb that damage. At the yeah. most, you and, might be limping out, or you might have, oh, I got, you know, a, a, a bullet scratch in the arm, or one in the leg, You might and take I'm some levels yeah. of exhaustion yeah. because of yeah. bludgeoning, you know, yeah. because of being hit. And that's the thing, this, this whole system feels very much closer to the cinematic style than the realistic. Kind of like Savage Worlds, yeah. Yeah, right. so that's... Why I, I was surprised they didn't go this route. Yeah, and, I, and that's I agree with you. I was like, I see this and I go, I see where they're going. I don't know if it really fits this system, at least as it's presented. I right. think I would have rather it been just armor gives you damage resistance or, you know, a, a persistent you know, increase to, to damage reduction or something like that. But yeah, this one time, this one time saved my butt that it just doesn't feel cinematic enough. It feels too realistic. Uh, there is some, oh wait, wrong tab. There is something I do like and I recognize it. The equipment rules they have, okay, on page 139. Oh, armor value, bulk, damage, okay bulk they don't sit there in like ogl and say oh you have to record the pounds of everything you carry they have something called bulk now the reason why i know this is familiar is because once again mr owen casey stevens get well soon sir i know you've had some health problems as of late he helped he was in the design led the design team at paizo for Starfinder. Starfinder uses this bulk system. Yeah, yeah, and it's again that kind of it's it's very simplified. It's you're not worrying about specific weight. You're saying how big is it? Yeah, <laughs> basically your bulk limit is five plus your strength modifier. So that means, for the example of Trav, the early years, and I should have put that parentheses under name in the early years parenthetical. I have a strength of 13. Folks, I, you know, I've told you where I've worked all this time that you've heard me on this podcast. Years at an auto parts warehouse and I now lug around 16 foot bundles of wood all day. I, 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 I can lift a decent amount. So I gave myself a 13 strength. So that means my bulk rating by Everyday's Hero System would be 6. Now zero bulk is anything about the size of a cell phone or smaller. You can carry these things in your pocket or a bag. One is comfortably hold and use items in one hand. They're big for a pants pocket, easy to conceal if wearing a coat. Pistol, ammo clips, combat knife. Two would be something like a rifle, a shotgun, a bat, a fire axe. Three, two hands to, hand, to handle, and it's especially unwieldy or especially heavy, but not both. Eight-pound sledgehammer, chainsaw, desktop, computer, strung longbow. Four bulk is anti-material weapon or rifle, rocket launcher, lighter medium machine gun, 20-pound sledgehammer, big screen TV. So I might be able to carry a big screen TV and a baseball bat, but... I would be, yeah, and they say if you exceed your bulk limit, you are encumbered and must carry the excess stuff in your hands. If you exceed double your bulk limit, you gain the restrained condition. Oh no, if I had three bulk items, I wouldn't be able to move. I wouldn't be able to move at all with this character. I'm sure I probably wouldn't be able to move in real life, but... You can carry two 
big screen TVs, maybe one strapped on your back and one in your hands. But yeah, if you try to strap on that third big screen TV, you ain't moving. Yeah, as Austin Powers says. And that's about it. Yeah, but... That was the thing. As I was reading through here, I'm going, wait a minute, bulk. Where have I seen that before? And I rush across the room and start digging through my Starfinder book because I knew it was there. Oh, that's how they do Encumbrous. Mr. Stevens, again, I see what you did. So, yeah, Owen had running Evil Genius Games, who at one time it was Rogue Genius Games, and having worked for Paizo leading the design team for Starfinder, along with Stan Brown and Jeff Grubb, who, I mean, there are, there are newer much younger, let's see, D. Todd Scott, Siegfried Trent, Chris Ramsley. These are all new people. I've never heard of them before. Jeff Grubb, I played Marvel superheroes back in the day. That was one of those systems that me and Jerry Gentry and all the rest of my old gaming group, we cut our teeth on that. So these people brought all this stuff from the things that they knew damn well that worked and brought it here. Steven's doing the class and the archetype thing and then also bulk with encumbrance. So I I really like that. That's, again, that saves on bookkeeping. And that's another way that I see that five, probably 5e, but also Everyday Heroes is like, yeah, we want to keep things moving. This is supposed to be action-paced game like you're in an action movie or on an action TV series. So, yeah, let you know. let's keep things light. So the as Rocket Raccoon says, the minutiae doesn't wear you down. So, but yeah, that was something I liked. I noticed that and I wanted to call notice to that was just, that's one of the things I like that keeps this everyday hero simple. You're not having to track every single thing that you carry. You just know, okay, after a while, a bunch of this stuff is going to weigh you down. Just it, right. It's a very common sense system. Yeah, just like the wealth system is, is a, a simplification of the D20 modern wealth system. Yeah, yeah. And again, Owen Casey Stevens worked on... He wasn't on D20 Modern. I think he was... I want to say Urban Arcana and not Future... Maybe Future Tech and Urban Arcana were the two things he worked on there. But he was still at Wizards 2 during when D20 Modern came out. 2002? Yeah. So, as I said, he's another one of those guys that's been doing this for a long time. So, yeah, I'm trying to... Let's see, they got chase rules in here, which I've seen... Yeah, vehicle and chase rules. Yeah, Owen has that those type of things already in uh, Anachronistic Adventures. Uh, there's a specific thing on various types of modern traps. Like, let's see, they have caltrips, trip traps, trip alarms, spike pit, landmines, door and alarm window systems. Oh, they go there. A door gun. Okay, explosive trap. Yeah, a lot of traps. Is that this you the gun see. that fires through the door? Or is this the gun that fires at when you open the door? When the door is open from the other side, the unseen gun and, fires. And you walk in, it fires from the side. Yep. Or is this the one that basically you open the door and it fires through the door? No, I'm seeing, uh, yeah, it looks like you open the door and as soon as it opens a certain width, that string is pulled, boom. Yeah, so it's probably you walk in and that's the last thing you see is that gun pointing at you. Yeah. So it's basically a side shot. Okay. No, no, it looks, I, I think, well, it could be either way. You could have it either way, either side shot or straight at you, you know. But yeah, still, it's like they, they have these modern types of traps that you would experience like breaking into a house or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. Well, the side shot gives you more of an opportunity to avoid it. Okay. It just, it has no, but the door itself, it doesn't, you know, doesn't have to be penetrated in order for them to hit you. The other one, where as soon as you push the door open, it pulls the trigger just a little bit, just a couple, of, like an inch. And 
it pulls the trigger, the, 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 the shotgun blast goes through the door and hits the person on the other side. You know, if, assuming that they don't make a saving throw, which is probably what would be involved in it. Yeah, shotgun fires dealing 2d6 ballistic with penetration value 3 to anyone in the doorway. Ugh. Yeah, see, like I said, without actually, you know, making armor more effective, you know, the, you know, the, the, pe- the penetration value becomes kind of, you know, because comes becomes kind of iffy, you know, the, even having that. So, like I said, it's uh, but like but shields, like I say, they do offer three quarters uh, uh, cover, so that should increase your defense if you do use a shield. So, I, I, I'm going to relook at that. That might actually be uh, more advantageous than 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 they basically they wrote it off in the actual text, saying that you know not really that helpful after they introduced it into the game. But I guess they figured it had to be there. But I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder, because I don't know what a bo- what bonus three-quarters cover gives you uh, against being hit. So if it's a plus two, and you have a 17, and now you have a 19 defense, I'd say that's pretty effective. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see here. Uh, let's see. Conditions, okay, a lot of these... Okay, encumbered character speed is half. I'm looking at the 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 conditions and see how they're similar to three O. Let's right. see. Well, yeah. we we don't like I said. You know, we don't have to get into the nitty gritty. You know, uh, I think we've we've basically covered this the system pretty well. And uh, uh, and you know, you, we were like pitching it to you, Trav. Uh, you 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 think you want to run a uh, uh, everyday hero uh, game now after we've described it and gone through it. It, it, it has me a lot more interested in 5e because it brings it into a better context. You and I, Bruce, have discussed 5e and your adventures in it. And from what you had told me, I was just kind of like, uh, I don't know. Everyday Heroes, now that it's in a more modern context, something I can relate to because I tend to run more modern and far future games. Now, 5e is looking a lot more appealing, appetizing, intriguing. And the fact that I can relate it not only to D20 Modern, but also other things that Stan and Owen Casey Stevens and Jeff Grubb have done. Yeah, if I'm going to go 5e, I would go the Everyday Heroes route. So I would say, um, despite the source of the this quote, mission accomplished, gentlemen, thank you. So yeah, if I, if I start a 5e campaign... And the good thing is, this has enough of the 5e rules. You don't need the 5e player's handbook. This is an independent entity. That also is what I like. It's got the SRD already included in it. Yeah, it, 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 it's complete uh, in what it offers you. Yes, and there is a 5th edition SRD, and actually you can get it via the Pathfinder SRD. At the bottom of the main page of uh, pfsrd.com, which has all the rules for Pathfinder 1e, at the bottom, there is a link for 5th edition SRD, and that has all the basic rules for... But it's all here in this PDF, so you don't need it. And just, yeah, this works out. It's one nice, tidy little package. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for listening to us. I hope that you've uh, taken this opportunity to say, hey, there's a there's a, a, a radically uh, different version of 5E that actually might better suit the campaign I want to do uh, than a traditional uh, D&D fantasy setting like um, uh, Forgotten Realms. Uh, if you wanted to play something more along the lines of the um, uh, keep, uh, not to keep on the Borderlands, um, uh, 
the one with the crash spaceship for first edition. Oh, Expedition to the Barrier Expedition Peaks. Expedition to the Barrier Peaks. If you wanted an adventure more along those lines, it sounds like this might actually give you, you know, uh, an extended campaign, let us say. This might actually give you more of what you're looking for. So, uh, you know, check it out. See how it differs. See whether, and, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, pollinating back to, you know, whatever game system you prefer, uh, good ideas from other systems. So uh, uh, we hope that we brought, you know, gotten you a little closer and uh, to, to the idea that many, many good things come from many places and perhaps even brought some more awesome to your table. We hope we did that. Yes, uh, yes Trent? Uh, real quick, again, this is by Evil Genius Games, so it's evilgeniusgames.com. Um, as I said, Owen Casey, Steven Stan, and Jeff Grubber are all involved with this. If you are in tabletop role-playing, you know who these people are. Um, if you do get this game and there you have questions about it, we can answer them at Fans of the Gaming on the Frontier podcast on Facebook, the Podbean page you're getting this from. Uh, please leave a good rating for us on iTunes. Yeah, please give us a five. Yes, yes. <laughs> we always want fives. Yes, and and we are available to listen also on Spotify now, so you can get us from there. Um, no, no, as I said, gentlemen, mission accomplished. If I'm going to do 5e, I'm doing it this way. I like what they've brought here. And also because of the cinematic adventures that they have and are coming out with, you can pull from all those to make the game as far-spanning technologically or supernaturally as you like and possibly through them do bureau 13 or fringeworthy so right okay so we'll have more for you uh, like this and possibly completely different but uh, next week but you'll have to wait until then this is bruce sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there so go explore them and this is trav there's a reason why it's called gaming it's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.